He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Lord hath manifested forth his glory. O come, let us adore him. Christ, our Passover, sacrifice for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ is risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 40 on page 390. <clears throat> I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my calling. He brought me also out of the horrible pit, out of the mire and clay, and set my feet upon the rock, and ordered my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even a thanksgiving unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is a man that hath set his hope in the Lord, and turn not unto the proud, and to such as go about with lies. O Lord my God, great are the wondrous works which thou hast done, like as be also thy thoughts, which are to usward. And yet there is no man that ordereth them unto thee. If I should declare them and speak of them, they should be more than I am able to express. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sacrifice for sin hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, that I should fulfill thy will, O my God. I am content to do it, yea, thy law is within my heart. I have declared thy righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, and that thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. My talk hath been of thy truth and of thy salvation. I have not kept back thy loving mercy and truth from the great congregation. Withdraw not thou thy mercy from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth always preserve me. For innumerable troubles are come about me. My sins have taken such hold upon me that I am not able to look up. Yea, they are more in number than the hairs of my head, and my heart hath failed me. O Lord, let it be thy pleasure to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to rebuke that wish me evil. 
let them be desolate and rewarded with shame, that say unto me, Fie upon thee, fie upon thee. Let all those that seek thee be joyful and glad in thee, and let such as love thy salvation say always, The Lord be praised. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord careth for me. Thou art my helper and redeemer. Make no long tearing, O my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the sixteenth chapter of the book of Exodus. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But are, what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quail came up at the evening, and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. And then the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by, by omers, he who had gathered much had nothing left over, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, 
and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place, let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called its name manna. And it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it, to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread for which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer of manna in it, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. Here endeth the first lesson. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The Father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, Thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. 
O Lord, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Here beginneth the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in his place they shall not enter into my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Here endeth the second lesson. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou art worthy, O Lamb that was slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us kings and priests unto our God. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty Father, who has given thine only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification, grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve thee in pureness of living and truth, through the merits of the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, at all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, <coughs> Grant this day we fall into no sin, neither into any kind of danger. <coughs> but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's a lot of interesting things in this passage from Exodus today. Um, one, this, this, when they say, um, you know, the Lord has brought us out in the wilderness to kill us because we're hungry. And, and you know, the, the, the whole attributing to God um, a bad motive towards, towards people, it kind of harkens back to Genesis 3, you know, that, where the serpent says, oh, no, God just told you not to eat the tree because he didn't want you to. He doesn't want you to have good things. And and this is, seems to be at the root of um, of unfaithfulness is the belief that God can't be trusted and therefore that the present circumstances in which I'm not getting everything I'd like to have are because he means to hurt me and I have to make my own provision versus faith which trusts in the goodness of God may not quite understand why we're sitting here in the middle of the wilderness without any bread, but trust that God means things for our good. And this particular manna story is, is connected very much to the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Um, and one other passage in Deuteronomy 8.3, where um, at the end of the wilderness wanderings in Deuteronomy, where Moses is explaining to Israel the purpose of the wilderness, um, he says that he led you these wildernesses to the wilderness and, and cause you to hunger, that you may know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this, this word testing comes up a couple of times in Exodus 16, God tests them. And the test is, I'm going to tell you to do something, and we'll see whether you take my word and do it. And if you take my word and do it, this is faithfulness because you trust my word, and therefore, um, in trusting God's word, it, it, it actually comes back to the whole creation narrative where God creates by his word. When human beings submit themselves to God's word, that's where the creation, the new creation happens in us, and God's blessings come to us through surrender to his word. And when we rebel against that word and are not subject to that word, we sort of disconnect ourselves from God and are outside of the realm of his creation and blessing and we end up in into the realm of judgment and um, 
so so that so G, and when Jesus in the wilderness temptation, he shows the lesson. He's hungry. He's not going to um, create food in a natural way to, to satisfy his hunger. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In the spiritual life, this, um, this, this idea of hunger in the wilderness here for us is, it's a type of life in this world. And it's interesting, in Easter time, we can reflect that um, it's not, uh, the, the image of the wilderness is not the entire image of the Christian life. Because since we already have the Holy Spirit, we're already partaking of the blessings of the of the age to come. We're already, in some way, eating the fruit of the promised land, but it's not fully realized yet. So the Christian life is in this sort of um, inaugurated eschatology understanding of we're already in the kingdom. We're already participating in the blessings of the age to come. But it's not fully here yet. So the Christian life is a it's a cycle of wilderness, a taste of the promised land, but the taste of the promised land is not the fulfillment yet. And that's the idea of the manna. God provides for us, but it's not the full meal. There's something yet to come. We're waiting for the fullness of the kingdom to arrive. And and so but the test for us is when we come to places of need, will we trust in the goodness of God? persevere in our prayer and wait upon him. And this also is like the discipline of fasting, the discipline of fasting of purposely not having things. And in that space of need, emptiness, where it surfaces all kinds of anxieties, and what, can we make that a space of prayer where we um, invite God in and seek God, practice um asking God to come in and fill the emptiness that we fill with things. It's actually something that we, we ought to practice. It's why we regularly fast, because it, you, we learn by detaching, by saying no and bringing and asking God to come. We learn, um, what Jesus talked about, the food you don't know of. It, there's a sustenance in that, where we learn that things themselves aren't going to satisfy us. But first we... We, we connect with God, and when we're connected with God, the things become, we can receive them with gratitude as gifts, and they can be enough, even, even when they're not every single thing we want. And this kind of ties into the New Testament thing from Hebrews, where you talk about the rest. It's interesting that, that Exodus talks about Sabbath, and Hebrews talks about rest, and the idea of entering into the rest the idea that when Israel came into the promised land, they enter into the rest. But Hebrews says, if if Joshua was leading them into the promised land, which we'll get to eventually our narrative, gave them the rest. David in the Psalm uh, 95, which is written after the entry of the promised land, wouldn't have to say today, if you hear his voice and, and would not promise still a rest. And so uh, there's the, this idea of Sabbath rest. It's interesting that it's like this idea of of we live in the promised land and in the wilderness at the same time. Uh, the idea of the Sabbath rest, the Sabbath is one commandment that's not restated in the New Testament. And there's a sense in which we already in Christ enter into rest. And it, this relates to the way that Jesus on Good Friday says, it is finished. What's finished? The work of our salvation. And when we come to Jesus in faith, and receive salvation, 
we enter into the rest. We realize there's no work to be done. We're in the kingdom as a gift of grace. And this is really the quintessential perspective of the Christian life, how time has changed in Christ, that in the Old Testament, you worked six days and then took a day of rest. You labored towards a rest. But Christ changed the sense of time. He fulfilled that old covenant week. And on um, the sixth day, at the end of his work, he said, it's finished, which means the work is finished. Then he entered into rest on the Sabbath day. And then he rose on the first day of the week, which is Easter. And that changed. That's why Christians, we don't have it. We don't live an Old Testament week. We live a fulfilled week of the New Testament. Life begins, time begins on the Lord's Day on Sunday. And on Sunday, we with Christ enter into the new creation, into rest, and we begin our time in Christ, and now we live our time in the kingdom, um, not laboring towards a day of rest, but already in the rest. And and, and this is how, how it plays out in prayer, that, that um, this is why our life must begin in our prayer. And, and it's when we get it wrong, we, we, when we skip our prayer, we run busily around the world trying to accomplish things, um, and we always fall short. The Christian life quintessentials, though, we start with the completion. We start here on, in the Eucharist on the Lord's Day with, with, the, with entering into the new creation on the first day. We begin our week in the fulfilled time as witnesses to Christ in the world. We begin our day in prayer, and we come to Christ and receive grace and salvation again we go into our, our day as witnesses. So it's always receiving Christ first, entering into the kingdom, into rest, and then being witnesses of that rest in the world. It's not laboring towards the, uh, and the lab- this also changes the labor. And this is where people get it wrong in, in this idea, well, all, the, all, you're, all you do, you're trying to work your way into the kingdom. It's not like that. It's, it's that being in Christ changes the neighbor of our, nature of our labor. In the old covenant, you were working, working, and it never got you there. Now in Christ, we're already there. We already have the Spirit. Now we can labor, and it can be fruitful. Uh, as, as 1 Corinthians 15 says, uh, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in Christ is not in vain. We, we begin in our prayer. We receive grace, we go out and labor in the spirit, that labor is fruitful. It's not working ourselves for our salvation. We're already in the kingdom. And and so this is why the Hebrews passage ends with let's come unto the throne of grace, we might that we might find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Um, our neediness, we always need to come back to the reality of our salvation, begin in our prayer, and from our prayer enter into the world as witnesses. That's the new pattern of the New Testament. And we need to be learn to be contented in all things because Christ is with us. That's the secret of the bread of life. We can always be contented because the because what makes what makes human beings contented is that we're in the will of God. We're doing what God wants us to do. It's not just because our appetites are full and we have a full bank account. That's the error of the world. The things that we have enough money, enough health, enough this, we'll be contented. And the more we seek those things only, the more discontented people become. So we begin life in Christ. We enter into our rest in the day, to begin the day in Christ. And then we go out as witnesses for the kingdom in the world each day.
few thoughts about today's lessons. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. Comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities. Have mercy upon the faithful departed, and grant them an entrance into the land of light and joy, in the fellowship of thy saints. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. I hope you have a great Friday and great start to your weekend. Thank you, everyone.